0: This episode is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Love trying new fashion trends, but find it all a little intimidating? With Stitch Fix, refreshing your wardrobe has never been easier. They figured out the new 2024 trends, so you don't have to. Just give your stylist your size, style, and budget preferences, and they'll send you five just-for-you pieces, plus outfit recommendations and pro styling advice. Refresh your 2024 wardrobe now and get started today at stitchfix.com. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump Podcast.
1: Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to this 514th episode of the History Goes Bump podcast. Ghost tours for the theater of the mind. I'm your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, on this episode, we're going across the pond. and We're going to hit a variety of locations that all have the same name. This topic was suggested by our listener, Allie Pitaway. And this was quite a while ago. She had said that she worked at one of these White Hart hotels. And would we do that one? And I looked at it and I'm like, well, there's not a lot of information on it. But I didn't really realize that there were a whole lot of these. And I went through our emails of suggestions that we've gotten over the years. And I'm like, I am finally just going to get these all on the calendar so I can clean out the emails and get everything current. And so I found this one again. And when I put in White Hart Hotels Haunted, a whole bunch of them came up and I went, what in the world? (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) And then I realized there were dozens and dozens of hotels that have this name and a lot of them are haunted. So that is what this episode is going to be about. Before we get into presenting the history and hauntings of these hotels, we want to welcome into the Spooktacular crew, William, Roxanna, and Melissa. Thank you for joining the Spooktacular crew. And now this moment in
0: The moment in oddity was suggested by Jared Rang. Back in 1942, there was a secret government project taking place in Carlsbad, New Mexico. The United States was preparing for World War II. The government proposed a particularly unusual idea for bomb delivery on Japan. The method considered was bat bombs. No, I didn't say bath bombs. I said bat bombs. The idea was to collect bats, secure bombs to their bodies, and then release them over Japan. The bats would then roost inside buildings since they prefer dark places and then the bombs would explode. A test of the experiment was conducted in 1943. Army officers collected bats from the Carlsbad Caverns. The animals were cooled to induce sleep and then strapped with the incendiary bombs. They were subsequently flown into the sky over the New Mexico air base and released. The warm sun woke the unfortunate creatures and they then roosted in the air control towers, hangars, and other buildings on the base. The 15-minute fuses on the bombs then performed as expected, setting fires to all the structures. Despite the bat's near-perfect execution of the government's classified plan, the project was canceled. It was deemed impossible to trust bomb delivery by the cave-dwelling residents. There have been many methodologies employed in warfare preparation, but using bomb-banded bats to incinerate your enemies certainly is odd. This history podcast is haunted. And now, This Month in History.
1: In the month of November on the 19th in 1959, The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle and Friends premiered. Many of us are familiar with the animated series that always had Bullwinkle stating, And now... Hey, Rocky! Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat! Again? Nothing up my sleeve! Crystal! (laughs) The American television series ran from 1959 to 1964 and featured Bullwinkle the Moose and Rocky the Squirrel as its main characters. The cartoon experienced various name changes through the years and was titled, The Rocky and Bullwinkle Show, Once in Syndication. Produced by Jay Ward Productions, the cartoon followed the structure of a variety show. The primary antagonists were two Russian spies, Boris and Natasha, along with side stories featuring Dudley Do-Right, Peabody's Improbable History, and Fractured Fairy Tales, which were my favorite. Like many cartoons of the time, the show appealed to both children and adults. The episodes were known for their cultural and topical satire, as well as puns and droll sense of humor. It was one of the earliest cartoons to outsource its animation, leaving the show with a raw, unfinished look in comparison to its competitors. However, the Rocky and Bullwinkle show has been held in high regard by television viewers as well as critics. Over the years, there have been film adaptations of the cartoon and its assorted segments, the latest of which is a reboot that premiered on Amazon Prime in 2018.
0: The White Hart stag was once the personal badge of the king, and businesses and people would display it to show their allegiance. Today, there are still dozens of inns in the United Kingdom that bear the name White Hart. Each of them is unique, but all are very historic, having stood for over hundreds of years. Many of them are reputedly haunted. Join us as we venture around the United Kingdom and explore the history and hauntings of the White Hart Hotels.
1: First, let's talk about the name Whiteheart. The name Whiteheart is popular for a reason. Heart is an archaic word for a stag. Did you know that? I did not. I did not either. Whiteheart was the personal badge of Richard II, and this depicts a white stag with a gold crown around its neck. I'm sure you've seen this many times. It's very familiar. Yes, I have. This term is also connected to Hearn the Hunter in English folklore. Hearn was apparently the ghost of a former Windsor forest keeper who had horns and liked to haunt a particular oak tree, shake chains, and make cattle produce blood rather than milk. Yeesh. I feel like we've talked about this character before. Yes. I recall him. Because I remember that getting blood rather than milk out of a cow and it's like, ugh. An illustration of Hearn by George Cruikshank from 1843 depicts the figure on a horse riding with hounds and an owl at his side. The legend of Hearn was made famous by Shakespeare, and no story seemed to predate that time period. There are some who believe that Hearn was derived from the European folklore about the wild huntsman, a Gaulish deity known as Cernanos. That figure is associated with stags as well, but really strangely, it's also connected to horned serpents. How in the world does a serpent have horns? Unless it's a dragon. Could be. And it usually carries a bag of grain and wears a metal neck ring called a torque. We lost count of the number of inns with the name White Hart in the United Kingdom because there are so many. The oldest being the one in Whitley, Surrey that is Elizabethan in style and stands on the site of an Anglo-Saxon inn and probably was a royal hunting lodge at one time. So that one has the oldest license. And as we've discussed on other episodes that we've done about inns that are either in the United Kingdom or New Zealand, Australia, they all kind of have the same thing where here we would just talk about ownership of an inn where these ones talk about who holds the license. First place we're going to go to is Morton, Essex.
0: Morton is a rural parish in Essex in the Epping Forest, with its main economy being agriculture. The village has been here for at least 2,000 years, and the White Hart here dates back to the medieval times. The oldest parts of the building have been dated to 1460, but no one is sure who built it or owned it early on. The first recorded landlord was named Henry Pinder, He owned the license in 1649. Another license holder was blacksmith William Payne. In 1914, the license holder was Sidney Skeppelhorn, and his family held it for most of the 20th century. Like most pubs, this one was open for 20 hours out of every day and was quite dark inside because of frosted windows and dark interior wood with a mustard yellow ceiling.
1: Yeah, it's not a pretty color, (laughs) Kelly, but there's a reason why.
0: Well, it made sense because smoke from cigarettes, pipes, and the fire would have yellowed the ceiling anyway.
1: I'd cleaned a couple of houses <laughs> in my time for smokers. And I had one client who actually paid me to clean all of his walls because he stopped smoking.
0: Take the picture frames down and they still all look like they're on the wall. <laughs> I mean,
1: it was disgusting. And then I had another client that actually stopped smoking because I would clean the front of her television. This is back when we didn't have the flat screens. These were just the regular tube ones. And I would take a white cloth and put it over that screen and I would turn show it to her. And I said, this is your lungs. She stopped smoking.
0: Wow. The pub was split into sections and there was a well-furnished parlor, small private rooms and public bar. The bar itself had privacy doors and the customers would open a slot on the door to make their order. This reminds me of Peaky
1: Blinders. Yeah, a little bit. In 1991, it was reported that a man saw the silhouette of a young woman wearing a long dress, and this was through the window of the kitchen door. He thought this was his wife, and so he opened the door, and the figure disappeared. The man was startled, and he ran up to his room where he found his wife sleeping. Oh my. This wasn't the only time the female apparition was seen, and people believe that she was a woman who died in the building from an accident in the 1920s. That is when the ghost first started to be reported. Now we're going to head to Exeter, Devon.
0: Exeter is what we would call in America the county seat of Devon. Devon is full of historic pubs, and one of these is the White Hart Hotel. This just happens to be the most haunted pub in Devon. Exeter was once a religious center during the Middle Ages. During the 11th century, the Exeter Cathedral was built. But even before that, this was a Roman town. So this city dates back to 55 A.D., The White Hart in Exeter is located at 66 South Street and is part of Marston's Inns. This is close to the city center. Today, it offers 55 ensuite rooms for rent and an ale house with selections from Marston's five breweries. The White Hart here dates back to the 1400s, but its backstory is murky. Some historians believe this was a resting place for monks that eventually became a coaching inn. It was thought to be the home of William Winard between 1418 to 1442 he built the Winnard's Hospital and Chapel. the home became the Blue Boar Inn and then the White Hart Inn that had a stable where horses and carriages could be kept in the 1970s an extended part of the building was added.
1: The most well-known haunting here is a female spirit that wears a long black cape and wanders the courtyard. The face of a small boy has been seen in the bar. What's he doing in the bar <laughs> The most bizarre legend is about a basilisk or a cockatrice, which is described as being half rooster and half lizard that lurks in a well. Basilisks are those Jesus lizards that run
0: on top of water.
1: Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I had no idea. Okay, well, it makes sense that this would be in a well then. Since I've actually handled there. Water there. <laughs> oh, Okay. Did any of them look like a half rooster, half lizard? (laughs) No, but they do have a crest. That's true. males have a big crest. Maybe that's why they kind of describe them that way, Mm -hmm. which makes me wonder if there wasn't really something to this. But anyway, stories claim that the creature killed two workmen by breathing on them, and another man was almost killed. This took place in 1649 when a man named Roger Creek owned the inn. The well needed repairs, and he hired a man named Paul Penrose to climb down to do the work. The minute Penrose hit the bottom of the well he died. Another workman named William Johnson was sent down next and he too died when he reached the bottom. It was thought that some kind of uncommon stench had overcome them. Another man went down to help his workmates and he was nearly overcome but pulled back up before that happened. He was the one who reported the strong smell and that it closed up his lungs. It probably was some kind of marsh gas or was it? (laughs) But anyway, because of that, they started this story about this cockatrice. So I don't know if, you know, the mythology behind that, but apparently sounds kind of like a dragon and maybe whatever it breathes is some kind of sulfuric killing tonic. All right. (laughs) Tonic? I don't know. (laughs) Gas. (laughs) Something. (laughs) And next on to Coggeshall, Essex.
0: The White Hart in Coggeshall in Essex is part of the Green King Inn's. Coggeshall comes from an early Saxon settlement and is located along the River Blackwater. Coggeshall Abbey was built in 1140 and eventually became home to the Cistercian monks and they raised sheep whose wool was high quality and made the town prosperous. This eventually gave way to cloth trade with both silk and lace. In the late 1800s, brewing became a big industry in the village as well. The White Hart was built in the 15th century as a coaching inn. Today, there are 20 rooms and a traditional pub. People who have stayed here claim to hear mysterious tapping on the walls in their rooms. Rooms go ice cold, and the lights flash, and guests feel like they're being watched by something unseen. The spirits of monks have been seen dancing in the fields nearby, and the blows of a ghostly axe have been heard. This sound is attributed to the 16th century woodcutter named Robin. Two child spirits wander the halls, and it is thought that they died in a fire at the inn.
1: The landlord Grant Beachy told Mirror Online we have a lady who won't stay in room two. She said she felt someone touch her in the night or felt something happen in the night. She won't stay there now. She still stays with us. She stays every week, but she won't stay in room two. There have been quite a few incidents told to us by various residents about two specific rooms, room two and room 19. So I guess there's a reason why she would feel that way. I guess so. These guests come back regularly to stay in those rooms. Whatever it is that is there brings them back time and time again. Room 19, which is the one most people come back to, is in the oldest part of the building. We have people who come to stay in room 19, and the story I've heard from people most often is about a poltergeist, a moving scenario where things happen, don't appear, get moved, and that type of thing. I had a report from one of our chefs who was here on a short-term basis that he'd felt he wasn't alone in the kitchen when he was certainly alone. He wasn't disturbed by it, but he had that feeling he wasn't alone. He just said he thought there was someone there with him. Certainly some of the corridors in the older part of the hotel have a look and feel about them. And now on to Lincolnshire. Lincolnshire is located in the
0: East Midlands and was originally inhabited by a Celtic tribe before the Roman occupation. The Romans called this Lindum Colonia, and that is how Lincoln was derived. The birthplace and home of Sir Isaac Newton is here. The White Hart Hotel here is in the center of what was medieval Lincoln and sits between a cathedral and castle. An inn has sat on this site since the 15th century. The oldest part of this hotel dates back to 1710. The Prince of Wales had lunch here in 1925. This White Hart has a variety of ensuite rooms and also has the Antlers restaurant and the Colonnade cocktail lounge, which was just refurbished. Literally just reopening a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I found a (laughs) newspaper article talking about how it was reopening. So I was like, oh, good timing. Guests have claimed to hear the sound of people running up and down the corridor when there's no one in the hallway. Disembodied voices sometimes accompany the sound of running. One guest in particular went to the front desk and complained about the sound. He returned to his room and just as he climbed back into bed the sound started again. He angrily got out of bed and reached for the doorknob when it suddenly twisted on its own and the door began to rattle violently. The guest flung the door open and ran to the receptionist and reported what happened again adding that now his door had been affected. This is when the receptionist informed that guest that he was actually the only guest at the inn. So she's looking at him like he's crazy. On top of that, and even more chilling, is that the doors don't have handles on the outside, only on the inside. If the knob was turning, it was coming from inside the room.
0: How do they open the doors then?
1: I'm assuming that there's some kind of a key card, and so just the front. Right. But yeah, that is weird. It must just kind of unlatch it or something.
0: There are a couple of possibilities for what haunts the inn. A maid was killed many years ago by a regular patron at the bar. He had taken a liking to her, but she rebuffed him, so he ambushed her one day in the middle of the corridor on the first floor and stabbed her several times in the face and she bled to death. People claim to hear the ghost of the maid screaming and sobbing at night, and the crime actually plays out in a residual way, sometimes with the maid being seen on her knees and throwing up her arms as if shielding herself from something. Another ghost was also a murder victim, a highwayman that was killed in the stables by a coachman. A restaurant is now located where the stables had been, and the highwayman's ghost has been seen flitting through the restaurant, covering his face with his cloak. And there is the spirit of an elderly woman who wears a period dress and walks down the corridors of the lower floors, and she disappears after being seen. Staff also claim to feel as though something is following them that they can't see.
1: And next on to St. Albans. St. Albans is located in Hertfordshire and was named for the first British saint, Alban. A legend claims that he sheltered a Christian priest who was running for his life. Alban was so impressed by the priest that he converted to Christianity. When the pursuers arrived at Alban's home, he took the priest's cloak and pretended to be him. These men took him away and tortured him trying to get him to renounce his faith, and he refused. He was eventually executed and his head is said to have rolled down a hill, and where it settled, a well sprang up. The town of St. Albans dates back to the Iron Age. The Romans invaded in 43 A.D. Battles from the War of the Roses occurred nearby. St. Albans became a site of Christian pilgrimage, a market town, and a first coaching stop on the route to London. This made it a good spot for inns, and the White Hart here was built in 1470. Most early visitors were coming to the abbey, but eventually it became a general coaching inn. Oak paneling was added in the 1600s and remains today.
0: St. Albans is said to be a pretty haunted town in general, with stories of monks haunting the nearby abbey and child spirits running through the marketplace. One of the ghost stories connected to the inn dates to 1820. Apparently, a woman bought the cheap seats on the top of a coach and somehow broke her neck on the entrance gate.
1: Yikes. I'm trying, duck. To... <laughs> I know, I'm trying to figure out the seats must have been higher than the coachman because wouldn't he be looking out for his own head? One would match <laughs> And then yell duck to everybody else. I, mean,
0: I don't know. People have seen her spirit in period clothing near the entrance. This story actually inspired Charles Dickens to share it in the Pickwick Papers. The bar is haunted by the spirit of a monk from the Abbey who comes in and pours himself a beer.
1: I didn't know that monks drank, <laughs> but maybe in the afterlife you can.
0: A 12-year-old girl died in a fire at the inn in 1832, and her spirit hangs out near the back stairs. She even appeared in a local shop and asked about her parents, John and Margaret. When the local records were checked, it was discovered that the young daughter of the publicans had died in a fire.
1: Yeah, so you gotta love it when all that stuff checks out together. Absolutely. She really was a real person, and those people really did work at the inn. And now a little break for a word about one of our sponsors and now on to west bromwich west bromwich is a market town in the west midlands this town became a center for brick making and coal mining the white Hart here is no longer open having been one of more than 50 pubs that have closed down in the town i mean if you want to get a drink in this place you're not gonna be able to find one they've closed all the pubs down The pub dates to the 1850s when it was under the license of a man named John Charlie. From the 1870s to the early 1880s, the White Hart became the changing room for the New West Bromwich Albion Football Club. The players would leap over the pub wall to access the pitch. It eventually would be renamed Drunken Duck in 2001. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And then closed a few years later. The former pub now runs as a daycare center. Can you imagine a pub running as a daycare center? now? <laughs> no. <laughs> People in the building claimed to hear disembodied footsteps. And this was connected to the removal of a hand of glory that was discovered in the attic. Do you know what a hand of glory is, Kelly? I do not. Well, I'm going to tell you. It is the dried and pickled hand of a hanged man. Usually the offending hand. Ugh. So if you stab somebody <laughs> with that hand, that's the one that's going to get chopped off and dried and pickled. Gross. Superstition attributed power to these items, particularly when used in conjunction with a candle made from the fat of the hangman's corpse. Oh, my word. A hand of glory could unlock any door it came across, and it could render people near it motionless. And next we have Walsall, Staffordshire. Walsall means the Valley
0: of the Welsh. The town saw real growth during the Industrial Revolution. This was originally a home that was built in the 17th century, and then it became the pub. But that shut down in the 1990s, and the building was converted into eight flats. A hand of glory comes up in this white heart, too. <laughs> this is the mummified arm of a child, and it, too, was in the attic. I don't know how... Why would how... they do that with a child? Yeah, I don't know how we <laughs> switched from a hanged man to that. The spirit of the child is said to haunt the inn, and it usually indicates its presence with handprints in the dust. There is also the spirit of a woman seen in Victorian clothing who is thought to have been a maid at the inn who took her own life. And now on to West Mersey, Essex.
1: West Mersey is in Essex and has several remnants from Roman occupation that still exist from Roman buildings to mosaics to a burial mound just north of the town. That's an old cemetery. Sure is. The town was founded as far back as 1086 when it is first found in recorded history. The White Hart here is located in the heart of the village and offers six rooms and a pub and has that cool half-timbered look on the outside. Love it. I love those too. There are nearby beaches and boardwalks. The pub dates to the 15th century with a short closure from 2013 to 2022 when it fell into a bit of disrepair. Piers Baker bought the property in 2021 and set about refurbishing it and reopened in 2022. Apparently in the 1880s, the main performer at the pub was a Coast Guard named Billy the Dancer, (laughs) who would tap dance on a board. Okay. (laughs) Tap dancing Coast Guard. I know. Billy the Dancer. Who would have thought? The haunting here involves a dog ghost that delivery men claim likes to dart under feet. Workmen at the inn have also claimed that an unseen dog has moved against them when they've worked in the cellar. There must have been sightings, too, because it said that this is a Labrador retriever. Because I don't know how you could tell. Is it just the way it pants?
0: <laughs> Can you tell what kind of dog, what breed the dog is just by listening to their pant, darling? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess I could tell it was a big dog based on its feeling, you know, rubbing against you or something. But True. how do you know it's a Labrador retriever? A legend tells the story of a woman who fell through the ice while crossing the river, and she now walks near the White Heart in ghostly form, perhaps seeking her husband. Next, we have Sturminster Newton
0: in Dorset. Sturminster Newton is home to the White Hart Ale House. This was believed to have been built in 1708. This only runs as a pub now, with six real ales and ten craft beers and pub food. People claim that a female spirit haunts the bar area.
1: That's all I got on that one. So I don't know what all's going on there, but uh, short and concise. This. <laughs> Next, we have Padstow, Cornwall. Padstow is a fishing port in Cornwall. The White Hart building here dates to the 16th century and was once owned by a woman named Mrs. Binnick who advertised the main house as a quote very good accustomed inn" with a large malt house thereunto adjoining. That malt house was capable of making a thousand bushels Cornish which is an old measurement from Cornwall that equated to around 16 gallons. Goodness. So that was a lot of liquor. By 1871, it was producing 3,000 bushels a season. Had a pretty good output there. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when I first looked this up, I'm like, "A 1,000 bushels Cornish, what in the world is that? And I looked it up and it's like, it's an ancient measure. You went down that rabbit hole. I did. People did die at the inn. One in 1871 that caused the innkeeper at the time to discontinue letting room. So I don't know if it was tragic or what, an accident? I'm not sure. And then in 1911, a Bessie Jane Reynolds died at the age of 66 at the inn. In 1995, Patricia Rose Jacoby purchased the White Heart. Previously, she'd been a London fashionista who dressed Princess Diana. Wow. So I'm going to go from dressing the princess to owning a bar. She was having a drink in the pub and mentioned how much she loved the place. And the then owner told her it was for sale. She scooped it right up and began extensive renovations. She then started a bed and breakfast business and converted the Malt House to the garden room and apartment. Pat passed away in 2019 and her son inherited the business and continues to run it today under the name the Malt House. A legend claims that a priest named Wilfred died here and now haunts the place with disembodied footsteps that walk up and down the stairs and there is a loud rasping sound that comes from one of the rooms. Next we have Manning Tree in
0: Essex. Manning Tree claims to be the smallest town in England and has a name that probably means many trees. The wool trade was strong here in the 15th century and the shipping trade became more prominent in the 18th century. But probably what this little town is most known for is being the center of the work of the witchfinder general Matthew Hopkins. Hopkins claimed that he heard several townswomen talking with each other about meeting the devil. He took his accusations to the authorities in 1644, and those women were executed as witches. That Witchfinder General designation was self-appointed. Parliament never recognized Hopkins as that. Despite not having government backing, Hopkins and his buddy John Stern sent more people to hang for being witches than any of the other English witch hunters in the previous 160 years. They were very, quote-unquote, successful
1: with what they did. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Somehow, this man was described as the celebrated witch finder even into the early 1800s. Based on our research, it seems that Hopkins was in this business for the money. Shucker.
1: So basically what he would do is he and his buddy would go into towns and say, hey, you've got witches here probably. You pay us, it was like 4,000 pounds, I oh think is what word. it equated to in today's dollars. You pay us that amount and we'll go ahead and get these witches taken care of here. What a jerk. Yeah. The White Hart Inn in this town has been closed for several years now. The building dates to the 17th century and was a meeting place for Matthew Hopkins and John Stern and the people from Manningtree who had accusations against their neighbors who they thought were witches. Or basically, as we've come to learn through all of these different witch hunts, they had something they wanted. After the accusation was made, it had to be investigated. That's the way it was done from the time that witchcraft was criminalized in England in 1563. Professor of History at the University of Essex, Alison Rowlands, wrote of this. So what you do, if you want to bring an accusation against somebody, you would go to a justice of the peace and bring the charge, and they would then start investigating it. And it's at that point that, first of all, John Stern is brought into the procedure because the local people here, they asked John Stern, who also lives in Manningtree, to take their complaints to the justice of the peace. And then the justice of the peace asks him to help with some of the investigations, and then Matthew Hopkins gets involved as well. Now, it's almost certainly the case that Hopkins and Stern and the accusers and the justices of the peace met in pubs because that's where men of standing got together in a meeting room in an inn. So I think any kind of localish pub that would have been around in the 17th century, you could probably make the case for. So a lot of these white hearts probably were centers for witch hunting. This place must have made an impression on Hopkins because people claim that it's his spirit that's here. He could be heard walking and talking in the building and it's been seen as well. Hopkins died very young at the age of 28 in 1647, which is probably a good thing because then it stopped him. Karma. Yep. I don't know if he's necessarily haunting this place, but you could imagine some of the victims of the witch hunts Mm -hmm. could be. And next up we have Edinburgh
0: Lothian. The White Hart Inn in Edinburgh is said to be the city's most haunted pub. This one was built in 1740 and has held a continuous license for over 500 years. The cellar dates to 1516. The White Hart was built in the grass market that stands in the shadow of Edinburgh Castle. This is where livestock was bought and sold and executions were conducted. People would rent out the top floor for the best view. Some executions included Maggie Dixon or half hang Maggie in 1724, over 100 Covenanters between 1661 and 1668 at a time called the Killing Times, and the last person hanged was James Andrew in 1784. In 1916, the inn was almost destroyed when the Germans dropped 23 bombs on the city with one dropping just outside the inn. Sightings of detached legs and dark ghostly figures have been reported in the cellar area. Barrels down there get moved around. An unseen hand likes to turn off the beer pumps and a shadowy figure appears by the door behind the bar. People claim that their hair gets pulled too. There are a couple of resident ghosts here. One is named Sally Beggs, and she was apparently found dead in the street outside the inn. She haunts the main bar area. The other is thought to be named Jack and appears to be disfigured and wears a cloak over his shoulder. He tends to haunt the keg room.
1: Kelly, I know most people are probably wondering to themselves, why was that woman called Half Hang It Maggie? Do you want to go down that rabbit hole? After you. Hello? Hello? We're down here in the rabbit hole. And we've brought you with us. So apparently her real name was Margaret Dixon. Apparently she was tried and was going to be hanged for concealing the birth of her infant son. I don't know why that was a crime. Was she not married? I'm assuming. So she was going to be hanged in Edinburgh's grass market. And so they take her over there. And that did indeed happen on September 2nd, 1724. So she's hanged. She's dead. They put her in the back of a cart and they're taking her off for her burial, and wouldn't you know it, all of a sudden she sits up in the cart. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So of course they halt the cart, and if you survive your execution, you basically get a stay. They're like, okay, you're free to go. Apparently you're supposed to live, and she would go on to live for another 30 or 40 years, supposedly dying in 1765. Wow. That's why they call her half hang it Maggie, because she only got (laughs) half hanged, (laughs) I guess. She wasn't quite dead yet. And that was probably her moniker. Thus
0: going forward, (laughs) people would say, hey, how's it going? Half hang it.
1: (laughs) So how are we going to get out of this hole? I know the last time we had something to do with hanging, Mort ended up throwing a noose down or something. And indeed, here we go again. This time, just put your foot in the loop, hon. Yeah, that'd be a better idea than my (laughs) neck. It's not a good idea for him to pull me up by my neck now.
0: Hoist her up, Mort. You gals should hang around more often.
1: (laughs) And now on to Cross Somerset. Cross is a small village in Compton Bishop, England. British comedian Frankie Howard had lived here in Wavering Down, which is now a museum and tourist attraction. The White Hart in Cross is on Old Coach Road. This inn dates back to the 17th century. It seems like most of these date to about that time. Mike and Gina bought the pub in 2019 and refurbished it. They made the Good Beer Guide in 2021 and 2022, so it's a good pub to go to. Judge George Jeffries was known as the Hanging Judge, and he was severe and biased. During the Bloody Assizes, which were a series of trials that took place after the Monmouth Rebellion in 1685, Judge Jeffreys held some trials at this White Hart, and several local men were condemned to hang. The judge would continue to go on to greater things until he finally was imprisoned at the Tower of London, where he died in 1689. Interestingly, Jeffries was terrified of what the public would do to him. So the Tower of London became a sanctuary for him because it was said that the mobs outside intended to, quote, show him that same mercy he had ever shown to others. So just remember, if you're not merciful, maybe you're not going to get it in return. Again, karma. Yep. (laughs) A plaque outside of the inn claims that it is haunted by one of the judge's victims. People claim to hear disembodied footsteps that are very loud and small items move on their own. Next up, we have Bristol. Bristol
0: was a starting place for many voyages to the New World from Britain because it was a major port. It was founded around 1000 AD. The White Hart outside of Bristol is a beautiful country pub with parts that date back to the 12th century. This has been part of St. James Priory. Two brothers bought the building in the 1600s and converted it into an inn. The brothers eventually fought with each other over land and one killed the other, brutally murdering him and hiding his body in the cellar. The dead brother was thought to be named George, and he haunts the place now. Landlords leave a vase of flowers on the bar to appease him. One of the landlords said, quote, We've witnessed quite a few spooky incidents here since taking over the pub five years ago, and we've heard tales from the past involving George, too. On several occasions, bottles of alcohol that were firmly in place on the shelf behind us have fallen off for no reason whatsoever, which always gives us quite a fright and an old landlord once came in and told me how a barrel of fosters kept disconnecting itself in the cellar, despite the fact he was making it tighter and tighter each time, and there was nobody down there. I've also seen the figure of an old man wearing a tweed suit and a red v-neck jumper, sitting by the women's toilets in my peripheral vision, but there was nobody there. And no, I hadn't been drinking.
1: And, and last we have Menheniet Cornwall. And this is the one that started it all because this is where Allie had worked and so she had suggested it. Menheny, is a village located in Cornwall and was a former mining area. The White Hart Inn here was a 17th century coaching inn. Today it offers nine rooms and a full cooked breakfast every morning and there's real ale in the lounge and public bar areas. This is a thing that a lot of them like to advertise because there's some that don't have real ale. Ah. The inn has traditional slate floors and beamed ceilings. A beer garden is also available. Allie had worked here when she emailed us in 2016 and she shared the scent of a woman's perfume has been smelt in various places where there's no one in the hotel, notably in the kitchen and going up the staircase. Trust your nose picture. It may be a ghost. There are shadows seen going across the bar and restaurant. The bedrooms all have separate bathrooms and bedrooms like self-contained apartments and every member of staff has had experiences of leaving a room, walking into a room, and the TV just switches on. I've had a heavy sigh in my ear with no one around me. After closing time, no drinkers, no guests, no other staff, so there's no way anybody be talking in her ear. Several of us have swapped stories about something that concerns us. It's like a dream during the day, kind of like a vision of an old lady just screaming in our faces. That has to be terrifying. There are three of us that I know have had these, and it's reoccurring. There's a more worrying darker than dark shadow at the top of the stairs when you turn the lights off and do a walk around a lock up. There's like a black mist that's darker than dark because you can see it. I've experienced that before. Yep. Even the owners have had experiences, but this isn't something we talk about often. It's very much a culture of we all see and hear and smell things, but we don't talk to each other about it. But just know that we aren't the only ones to experience it. The hotel allows dogs, but no one with a dog has ever stayed in room two. The dogs go berserk. I mean, full on crazy barking, growling. So the owners take them out of the building and they have to go into other rooms.
0: Huh. Interesting.
1: Definitely the dogs are sensing something in there. Clearly,
0: these White Hart inns are located in some beautiful and interesting towns. Nearly all sound like great places to get a brew and some pub food and possibly experience some unexplained activity. Are these White Hart hotels haunted?
1: That, that is for you to decide. Lots of great places to check out over there. You get a full-on tour of the United Kingdom if you decided to stay in all of those. <laughs> Most definitely. We'd love you to get a full-on tour of our website at HistoryGoesBump.com. <laughs> and if you'd like to send us some feedback, you can do that at HistoryGoesBump at gmail.com or at any of our various social media online. We're everywhere under History Goes Bump. We heard from Karen and the crew. She said, listening to the Quincy episode right now was surprised to hear you mention Michael Swango. Out of all the true crime I consume, I rarely hear anything about him. I've always thought one of our neighbors may be one of his victims. He was in the hospital in Columbus where Michael Swango was at, but he hadn't heard of him at the time. He was sick and he probably wasn't going to actually recover, but he just passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. Later, when Michael was caught and it all came out, I was like, he was in Columbus at that hospital when said neighbor unexpectedly passed. I don't think the family ever looked into that, and they've moved away. I haven't seen any of them in years, but I think of that every now and then and always wonder if we could have had that one-of-a-kind guy around for a little longer. Yeah, maybe Michael helped him along there. Oh, goodness. And then Cassandra wrote, I had a dream last night that I was in an old house with friends who wanted to buy it, but it was haunted, so no one else wanted it. During the dream, I saw spectral apparitions of a dog and a Victorian woman. She was ascending the stairs with the dog. It was a German shepherd. And she looked back at me. I felt my whole body run cold in my dream. I thought, wow, I can't believe I'm seeing this. My whole reality is changing in an instant. And I also thought, I can't wait to tell everyone in the HGB crew about it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Hey, we're showing up in dreams, Kelly. I woke up and actually was really disoriented because of how vivid the dream was. My body felt the same way it did in the dream. What do you guys think that's about? Also, it's so funny in the dream. I thought of all of you. I think I love that's that. great that she did. And I don't know how to explain it other than I guess your body can kind of feel like how it does in a dream, kind of like your sleep paralysis where people feel like they're frozen to the bed. Right. So maybe there was something about some kind of physical whatever's going on in your body because you're having adrenaline and all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, we watch our dogs do all kinds of crazy stuff (laughs) when they're dreaming. So that is true. It's possible. Maybe it just carries over to right when you wake up, you kind of feel like you're still in that condition. And then Mindy and her family had visited the Crescent Hotel and she posted about it in the crew and Kathy commented underneath it. A friend of mine went through one time and swore she heard a cat meow when it was very quiet. She went up to the front desk and asked about the cat. He said, yes, that there is a ghost cat. And sometimes it will even rub up against your leg. Aww. And Margaret wrote us and said, hello, Diane and Kelly. As you might remember, I'm a high school teacher at Lake Braddock Secondary School in Burke, Virginia. I had the same students in my advisory class for the last three years. They graduate this year, Sniff. A few of these students are in DECA and FBLA. And they operate several school fundraisers, including a vending machine that sells high school gear basically merchandise that has the Lake Braddock emblem. Well, one of the students told me he had to work on the spirit box. And you probably know where my mind went when I heard that, LOL. (laughs) I literally said, what, you operate a spirit box? He looked at me in a strange way and I looked back at him in a similar way. It took some more conversation before I realized it was a vending machine that sold high school spirit wear. Right.
0: (laughs) School spirit.
1: (laughs) Anyway, I just had to send you a picture of the Lake Braddock spirit box for a chuckle. No ghosts involved. Who knew? A spirit box that takes credit cards. (laughs) I love it. Thanks for sharing that, Margaret. We want to thank you guys for joining us on this episode. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by our executive producers.
0: Dispatches from the Grave
1: Digger. We want to thank Cheryl McReynolds for raising your support. We're going to be moving you into a mausoleum. And we want to welcome into the cemetery, Melissa Verbal. We're going to be burying you in a niche wall. Thank you so much for supporting History Goes Bump.
0: Thanks for tuning in, Spookies.
1: what do you think we're doing here? I keep reading white shart hotels. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think you want to shart into anything that's white, <laughs> for sure.
0: Like that video of the little boy that goes, <laughs> he goes, I sharted at the dinner table. And mom and dad start filming him. They go, well, what do you mean you sharted? What's a shart? He goes, it's like a root or toot, but then it goes splat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Indeed it does. These hotels do not go splat, however. Did you get up to watch Saturday morning cartoons? <laughs> well, who didn't? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out
0: of my hat. Again? Hey, that was pretty good, Kelly. St. <laughs> Albans is said to be a pretty haunted town in general, with stories of monks. Monks? Mong, Monks. They're monks. <laughs> what the heck is going Darling. on? What is happening? <laughs> Have you ever seen a
1: monk? <laughs> what is happening?